The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God. This is the time of fulfillment. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. As he passed by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting their nets into the sea. They were fishermen. Jesus said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. Then they abandoned their nets and followed him. He walked along a little farther and saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They too were in a boat, mending their nets. Then he called them. So they left their father Zebedee in the boat, along with the hired men, and followed him. The Gospel of the Lord. In the scripture for today, we hear two different callings. First is the call of, uh, of Jonah to Nineveh. He goes to call them to repentance, to turn away from their sins. And quickly, they do so. The book tells us that Nineveh was three days' walk uh, as to be able to get through it. And Jonah doesn't even finish the first day before they've already repented. They've heard the call of the Lord and responded in urgency. Unfortunately, we skipped over the passage where it tells just the amount of urgency was there, that even the animals, even the cattle, put on sackcloth and ashes with the people and fasted. The fascinating inclusion there in the Scripture, that even the animals repented with the people. In conjunction with this, we have the second reading. Not our second reading, the the second calling, which comes in our gospel, the calling of the disciples, Andrew and Peter, James and John. These four who are called by Christ, and upon hearing his word, upon hearing his voice saying, follow me, they immediately leave behind their nets, their boats, their father, their friends, and follow after Christ. In both responses, there's an immediacy that happens. And it's not just because it's St. Mark's Gospel, which always has a a certain immediacy to it. Uh, When we read St. Mark's Gospel, it says, and then, uh, immediately, uh, countless times. It's a very kind of mentally fast-paced gospel. But indeed, the, the responses of each of these readings give us a certain urgency in our response that when we hear the voice of the Lord, we should respond with haste, just as Our Lady responded in haste. But how is it first that we hear the voice of the Lord? Sometimes we will hear the voice of the Lord speak to us in a prophetic word in this world. Sometimes a bishop or a cardinal or the Holy Father, sometimes just the ordinary pastor or a priest that you happen to see on TV or on a radio station or hear, uh, you know, hear by uh, some other means, will speak a word that convicts one's own heart. Sometimes it's a call to repentance that we receive. The simple words of the gospel, the words of our blessed Lord, repent and believe in the gospel. The kingdom of God is at hand. 
Sometimes in the confessional, we will hear a word that will spur, that will stir our hearts and convict us to turn from our sins. Sometime in our own examination of conscience, the Holy Spirit will, will give us a, a little sting to encourage us to turn more deeply to our God in repentance. And sometimes we hear the call to discipleship. We can hear our pastor inviting us to ministries in the church or an individual invitation to take part in some particular endeavor, and we can respond. But in all of these cases, these words typically will come through another person. But it's to remember that God also desires to speak not just through other people, but from himself with his own voice. And the place where we hear that in a particular manner is in the sacred scriptures. A few years ago, Pope Francis asked that this third Sunday of ordinary time be honored and recalled as Word of God Sunday, a Sunday in which we would reflect upon and emphasize the importance, indeed the necessity for us, of immersion in the Word of God, to become familiar with it. When I was younger, I was, uh, I think, about 12 years old, and I wasn't a believer. I wasn't a believer in, in God. Uh, I didn't really have any faith. I knew about the Bible, but I didn't really believe any of it as actually true. But my best friend believed every, every single word of it with intensity. He was a good Pentecostal young man. And as part of their, their communal activities, they would do uh, Bible quizzes, Bible quizzes. And so I remember going over to his house, and we were just kind of hanging out as, as young 12- and 13-year-olds. And I remember like, him sitting on his bed with his index cards going, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he continued on. And, and he, would, he would just say it over and over and over again, because we were 12 and 13 and didn't have anything else to do, I guess, in part. But he would just repeat these words, and he would flip another card, and he would, he would start another verse, and he would flip another card and start another verse. And I was, I was dumbfounded by what he was doing. I was like, what, what are you doing? He was like, well, I have to know the Bible verses, because when we have the quiz bowl, you know, I, I, I want to do well in the quiz bowl. I was like, Bible quiz bowl? Like, what kind of world do you live in? That's a weird thing, you know? But what I didn't appreciate at the time is the willingness that he had to commit to memory, to commit to heart, to know, you know, the chapter and verse and the words precisely of the sacred scripture, that they would sink into his heart, that they would sink into his mind. He would pray these things, and they were not simply words that he was memorizing. They were words that meant something to him as well. And the reason I know St. John's Gospel in those exact wordings is because he said it, I don't know how many times, when I was happening to sitting next to him. He was being immersed in the Word, and I was, in a sense, by accident, by being with him. And I came to appreciate that only later when I was in the seminary, this immersion in the Word of God and how it has an ability to change us. When I was in the seminary, we were introduced to the Liturgy of the Hours, the breviary, so that at five times each day, we would stop and we would pray a different set of prayers. It would be composed of uh, a few psalms, typically, and then parts of the New Testament or the Old Testament reading, depending on the time of day. 
And we would read these things over and over and over and again in a cycle of weeks that would kind of drill it into our minds. And I began after a while to be able, if we were, if, if it was a group of seminarians, as we would be driving down the road, one of us would say, okay, let's, let's do daytime prayer. And I would know it. They would start the psalm and I would know it. And I would be able to say it along with them. It was getting drilled into my mind, drilled into my heart. Later on, as my spiritual life continued to grow and that, that, that imprinting upon my mind and heart continued to play, take place, I noticed the reality that very often my response to things that would happen through the course of the day was no longer necessary my own thoughts. It was the Psalms. The Psalms started coming off of my lips without me even meaning to. The Scriptures would come to mind in response to situations happening within me or around me. And it was only because a continuous immersion of Scripture had taken place and my mind and heart had been shaped by it. This is what God desires of us, to be shaped by the Word of God, to be so thoroughly familiar with it that it becomes a second language for us, that it becomes normative for us, that we can think and understand things in terms of the sacred Scriptures. St. Paul reminds us that the Scriptures, the Word of God, is living and effective. It is living in the sense that it is not simply a dead word that was written 2,000 years ago or 2,500 years or 3,000 plus years ago by a person of faith. It is something that is still speaking today. This is why we can have an experience where we can read, we can hear something proclaimed to us, or we can pick up the Bible, we can read something, and it will pierce us to the heart. Because it's God's voice still speaking. It is God who is alive, the Holy Spirit who is alive, who is active in our midst. His voice continues to have power. These are not simply dead words as so many novels would be. It is alive. It is the voice of God speaking to us. And also it is effective. It has the power to do something, to change something. Numerous saints of the church have become saints of the church because they happened to hear the Word of God and it changed them on the spot. Individuals who walked into church and heard the Word from the Gospel proclaimed the Gospel of the, the young rich man who was called to leave everything behind, and the Lord pierced their hearts in that moment and they were convicted and they left everything behind and became canonized saints of the church on that account. Individuals who walking into the church, hearing the Word of God, calling an individual to repentance, were convicted and fell to their knees, filled with tears in their eyes, converted on the spot because the Word of God touched their hearts. It did something. And if we allow it, it can do things to us as well. Sometimes it will be a call to conversion, sometimes an encouragement, sometimes a conviction, sometimes discipleship, sometimes service, many things. But the Word of God is living and it is effective. It is for us to make use of it, to study it. And that can sometimes be a daunting task. 
Sometimes we will resolve to read the Bible in a year and pick it up and start at Genesis and we get through Genesis and Exodus and the story is going along good and you get to Leviticus when you've got 30-something chapters of rules. You've got the priestly rule book and that's never exciting, <laughs> at least unless you dig into it a little more and you're a nerdy priest. Uh, <laughs> then it gets a little exciting. But there's a reality that sometimes when we start a Genesis, we make a good effort and then we lose it because it, it doesn't seem to speak necessarily anymore. But I would encourage each of you uh, to start with the Gospels, to pick a Gospel and read it. Read it straight through if you can. The Gospel of St. Mark can be read from start to finish in about two hours and a few minutes usually. Often we'll, we'll hear it scattered throughout the year, and so sometimes we don't put all the pieces together. We don't get the full story. We don't get the full impact like people in the early church would have received. And recognize, too, that St. Mark's gospel is the, very, is, the, is the preaching of St. Peter written down in text by St. Mark. So if you want to hear what Peter would proclaim when he would go and set up shop in the middle of a city to proclaim Jesus Christ, read St. Mark's gospel in one sitting. You get to hear the voice of Peter. You get to hear the voice of God to help us understand even just the broad picture can be a great starting point. To dig into it, another great gift. This is one of the tremendous treasures that the church has today is the, the absolute abundance, overabundance really, of resources to help us to understand and to embrace and to, to reap the fruits of the sacred scriptures. Countless commentaries available through the internet, the, the IPETA app, the Laudate app, uh, these various you know, phone apps that we can have on our phone that have uh, things that <laughs> the saints of the church would have a holy envy of what you can have simply at the palm, you know, right in the palm of your hand. They would be given so many things to have that gift, and yet it is ours, free for the taking, to understand the Word of God. And it's okay if sometimes things don't exactly make sense. But to read through it all, indeed, is a gift to be able to get most of the story. And then sometimes to go back and to dig more deeply into particular parts. This can be a good thing. To embrace Lexio Divina, a slow reading, a holy reading of sacred scripture in our times of prayer is a good thing. But I would encourage you first to start with the Gospels. Secondly, to encourage you to go to the Psalms. The Psalms are the embodiment of every human emotion. It has everything from utter exaltation to praise of God for His mercy, for darkness and despair, for, for every general need of the human heart, and even the, even the anger of the human heart that says, Lord, I am so angry, I want you to break the teeth of my enemies. That's in the Psalms, y'all. Not that we want to break our teeth's enemies, our, our enemies' teeth, rather, or our teeth's enemies, either way. Not that we want those things to happen, but it's a recognition that, that sometimes we can have these emotions within us, we can have these things within us, but then the, the, the Scriptures, the Psalms, teach us how to respond. They teach us how to actually turn to God. They shape us. They make us more like Christ. To pray with the Psalms is indeed a wonderful grace to be able to draw close to our blessed Lord and to pray with the words that He gave us to pray, to teach us how to pray, just as He taught us the Our Father is to immerse ourselves in the Word of God. As we celebrate this Word of God Sunday, I would encourage you to pick up your Bible. Spend some time with it today.
If you don't have a Bible, get one. Get a good Catholic edition. You can have tons of opportunity, tons of, of different ones that you, can, that you can get out there. But to indeed get one that you can make your own, that you can fill your, with your prayer cards, that you can put your little sticky notes in for those common passages and allow it to become yours. The Word of not God is not something to simply be set upon a shelf and to have recourse to from time to time. It is indeed part of our daily bread that Christ has given to us. Grant us today, Lord, that immersing ourselves in the Word of God, we will hear it as Nineveh heard Jonah, as Peter and Andrew and James and John heard you, that we might respond also with urgency, with haste.